And essentially, you you can't watch everybody else and go, I need to be like them. You need to figure out what works for you and stick with it. And if you see traction and you keep moving forward, then keep staying with it and figure out how to make it work for you, even if you don't have all those employees. It doesn't make you not a business. It just means that you're managing it in a way that works for you and not someone else that has 10, 15 employees. Hi, I'm Tori Mystic, and you're listening to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast, the only show dedicated to supporting women in all areas of the pet industry. In this episode, I am sitting down with Kelly Eisen, the brilliant mind behind Einstein Pets, an all-natural organic pet treat brand. From her corporate background to shaping a brand deeply anchored in love, both for her dog Abby and for better pet nutrition for all, Kelly is a role model for every aspiring pet business owner. In this conversation, we get into her insights on a few things, including the importance of step-by-step business growth, the vital role of impactful packaging, and why it's important to truly collaborate with independent pet retailers. I loved hearing about Kelly's brand story and the passion behind each ingredient in her recipes. You'll learn that Einstein Pets is all about using really high-quality ingredients, and enough of them so that you can really smell them when you open the bag of treats. The smell factor is very important. Every chat with an industry leader like Kelly is a treasure trove of wisdom, and today is no exception. My main takeaway? Well, I hope this episode inspires you to grow your business in a sustainable way that works for you. We want your business to be growing and thriving 10 years from now and 20 years from now. So don't feel the pressure to do everything all at once and end up getting burnt out. But don't take it from me. Here's Kelly to share her story and the key to her pet business growth. And as always, if you enjoyed this conversation and this episode, please share it with your pet business friends. This podcast is available on every podcast platform that I know of. (laughs) So just tell your friends to check out the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. And of course, you can always continue the conversation with me on Instagram at Wear, Wag, Repeat, or join the free Facebook group, Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs. Like most pet parents, Kelly Eisen wanted to give her dog, Abby, the best of everything, which included her diet. When it came to treats, Kelly couldn't find exactly what she was looking for, and she was alarmed at all of the product recalls and poor quality treats on the market. At that point, she decided to take matters into her own hands. Kelly combined her love of cooking with her love for Abby and researched canine diet and nutrition, specifically regarding weight gain and allergies. After lots of recipe tweaking and Abby taste testing, they found the perfect treat concept. Ready for a new challenge, her company Einstein Pets Treats was born. Einstein Pets makes all-natural organic treats using only pure, delicious, and nutritious ingredients that you will recognize immediately from your own grocery list. 
Abby still likes to taste test and the products are still made in small batches baked by hand with only the finest human grade ingredients. Hi, Kelly. Hi there, Tori. How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I follow you. I love seeing all your posts. So thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for following along. And um, it's great to to talk to you face-to-face, even though people yeah. are just listening, we can actually see each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always like to start off by asking people how they got into the pet industry. I mean, we you, you shared a little bit of it in your bio that Abby is your big inspiration. Um, but what was your career like before you started your own pet industry business? Oh, that's a great question. So I have 25 plus years of corporate life experience, uh, traveling globally, globally, having global teams, managing them for Fortune 500 companies. Um, My business partner, Robert Eisen, he too was in the corporate world. So we come with that experience of what it takes to implement things, to manage people, which has helped us greatly. But it really started from having that corporate life and then having and getting Abby, when we adopted her, that just transformed our whole life. We always knew um, we wanted to do something more. And then when we got Abby, I founded um, the treat. I started doing all the work from there. And that's where we came up with our concepts. And did you decide to leave the corporate world before starting Einstein Pets? Or was Einstein Pets your reason for leaving the corporate world? It's a good question to ask because immediately you think I'm going to leave, right? That's that's what you want to do, right? This is the goal is you found something, you found your niche. And uh, that's not the case. So because I founded the business, but um, my husband's my business partner, we actually had him leave the corporate world first because his background allowed him to create our logos, to create everything we needed that we would use in the business. Um, it took me probably about another five to six years. We founded it in 2012, but I didn't leave corporate until 2017 when we started seeing an uptick in our sales and uh, we got a distributor at that time. So we knew that there, there, we were on the right track, but we didn't have the funds because we're self-funded. So I stayed with corporate until we knew that we could actually take the leap and start supporting ourselves. We thought um, by leaving corporate world. And ultimately what you realize is you still need funds to keep going and it takes a little bit more time. So we realized we had to ramp up pretty quickly on the sales and get out there. So even though we were taking our time, we, when we left the corporate world, we knew that we had to make those changes. Interesting. Yeah. I I love that because I think that we always hear these days, like all these overnight success. And I, this happened and I left my job and now I'm making twice as much as I used to. And, but you took five years or your husband started working on it, but then you took another five years. And then even then you were like, Oh, we gotta like take this seriously. (laughs) And it's true. And even then you realize that you think you have money, right? You started your company, you put whatever, five, 10,000 into the business, because you can't just start baking, you need all the tools. And when we did it, we started out of our kitchen. So we had to buy the proper professional tools to make the treats. And everything was done by hand and is still done by hand. But um, in order to do that, we actually had to put money into it and invest. And then when we knew that we were going to make that next leap before we left corporate, 
we knew we needed money for our packaging because what we found is everybody starts out with the silver bags with the clear front and they put a label on it. Wonderful. That's great. But it doesn't scream buy me when you're on the shelves, right? And a lot of retailers will talk that will buy you, will get your products on the shelves, but you have to do all the work. And the work is you have to stand out on the shelves. You have to support the retailers. And with that said, you need a lot of marketing uh, stuff to go with your packaging. So that's a lot of money. And so we stayed in, and I say we, because I feel like my husband and I are, is part of this as a team, but I stayed in corporate because I knew I needed to have that money. And then when I did finally take the leap, you still need that money. So you still need to actually go out and figure out how you're going to sell this. Who, what are your channels, right? Where are you selling? And so when I took the leap, we had a little bit of funds set aside to help us get the packaging, help us create some marketing materials. We knew that we already had our logos done. We had the treats. We had all the marketing we needed. We just needed to go to print to have that and available for retailers. And also our end customers, because we get a lot of customers that come to us online and buy from us direct. Even though there's a store in their area, they continue to buy from us direct, which makes us happy. But we also want them to buy from the retailers as well. We support them wholeheartedly. Yeah, um, it's a whole ecosystem kind yes. of that needs each other to survive. You do. And you you think you can do it alone, right? I got this. I don't need that retailer. But really, it. We started with the independent independent pet stores. And when we started with them, we knew that we wanted to support them. And that meant training. It meant giving them the marketing stuff. It meant sending them samples. We know a lot of customers um, don't ask for samples, but we know samples help sell the product. So then you have to come up with a sample bag, right? You need to have something to put the samples in to send to them. Um what we realize is a lot of our competitors don't do that. They don't send samples and they don't provide it. So those are probably some of the things, Tori, that you need to start looking at is when we left corporate, we made sure we identified a few things. We realized after we left, there was a few other things we completely forgot about. But what you realize is you need to repeat every step, every process. So if you're repeating that, you need to have folders that you can just go and grab an email that you can send to somebody and you don't have to create a new email every time. You need to grab a sales sheet so that you have the pricing there. What does it mean if someone internationally is buying from you? You need one separately for that. So we created templates. And I think that's really important for anybody listening on your show is you need to have templates because that'll help you move your uh, company forward. Even if you're not ready to move forward, you still have that basic setup in place to allow you to jump ship and sell the products and and be able to give your customers information that you normally would be creating on the fly. So I, I like that because it kind of sounds like even if someone is a one or two or three person operation, they should ha- have all of the tools and templates and resources in place as if they were a much bigger company, yes. right? Yes, absolutely. Well, you, you don't, I think um, Small Business Association sells you as you have to have 10 employees or more to be considered a small business, right? And essentially, you you can't watch everybody else and go, I need to be like them. You need to figure out what works for you and stick with it. And if you see traction and you keep moving forward, then keep staying with it and figure out how to make it work for you, even if you don't have all those employees. It doesn't make you not a business. It just means that you're managing it in a way that works for you 
and not someone else that has 10, 15 employees. You don't need all those employees. If you can find ways that other companies can do some of the work for you, or you can get consultants to do some of the work for you, then do it that way so that you're not paying full-time employees. You may not be ready for that. And maybe you don't leave your job, but you have people that are doing some stuff that are consultants that can do some of the work until you're ready to leave corporate world or the job that you're in. Yeah. I I, I see so many people really excited to, you know, their goal is to hire someone uh, or a team or something, but there's a lot of challenges that come with that yes. and managing people yeah. and finding the person who's the right fit. And it's not just as easy as we have the money, we're going to hire someone. It's It's not that simple. Yes. Or you have friends who are willing to help you out. And it's not that simple either because you you don't want them to come and help you out. It's not a thing of, I need you to do this and let me show you how to do it to one time because it's a process and that process. And then it's not easy. So having someone come and help you out just doesn't work either. It may for some people, it didn't for us. And we've had so many friends offer and, and I think sometimes they're taken back that we don't accept their help, but it's it's just because we have a rhythm, right? And we know what we're doing and we put everything in place um, so that we could keep that rhythm going um, with the people that we have that work with us. Mm-hmm. So as you've grown, you've had this business for like 11 12? Yeah, since 2012. Yes, so many years. So in all of those years, over a decade, um, has what what was kind of like the moment where you were like, we made it or maybe, I don't know if you maybe haven't had that moment, but I feel like you have, um, like what, what are maybe one or two of those moments where you were like, it's working. I can tell you that. I think we try to celebrate some of the small successes because if you don't, you feel overwhelmed. Right. And I'm sure you do in everything you do and set up. If you don't celebrate the little things it really will come back full force and you feel like there's so much work on you. So with that said, I would say that we've seen, I would say when I left the company and we were at our first trade show, when I left corporate and we went to our first trade show in 2017, 2018, right around there, we had our new packaging and we saw that people were really clamoring for our treats, that they really liked the way they look, their heart shape. They loved the story that went with why we do a heart shape because you see heart shapes out there, right? And you know that they're not the same as ours, but everybody's picking that dye mold. And so we've picked the heart shape to resemble who we are, why we do everything, made with love, baked with love. It's for the love of all pets. And it's also made with chia seed, heart smart, heart healthy, and made with love. So I would say at the first trade show was our first aha moment where really people are starting to come and buy it. They're placing their orders. And it was so much so that we felt like it was overwhelming. But what we realized is that was just a tiny little snippet because as we started scaling, and can I just say this, Tori, that I think everybody thinks you're supposed to scale, right? All of a sudden, if you're getting busy, you should just move forward and scale your business. Again, you have to do what's right with for you, your funds that you have. If you don't have an investor, um, that you do what works for you and how you scale that. So we found that scaling as we move forward little by little, not all at once, has worked for us. So our second aha moment is when we moved from Florida to Georgia to scale our business, was three years ago, really was a major change for us. We saw that we added on two to three different regional um, uh, distributors for us now. 
We are able to handle those orders that come in so much so that we're at the point now that we are looking for 3PL as well as um, co-packers for our products. That's exciting. Yes, it's very exciting. <laughs> but it's also, it sounds like, is it is it more difficult when you get all of these different moving pieces or do you feel like it becomes more streamlined when you would bring on all those extra pieces? Well, the good thing is my background is Six Sigma. And if anybody knows what that is, it's process improvement. So I'm always looking for ways to improve the process. So I would say to you, you would think that it would be so easy, it's streamlined, but it it's not, it can be overwhelming, right? So the point that we're at, it's a lot of moving pieces. And what we figured is you have to tackle one. What's that first one that you need to be able to move to a 3PL? What's the second thing you need? So we've identified those. We literally did a uh, drawing board and um, did everything we needed to do first and stepped out those process steps and then went back and did, okay, what does that tag with? Okay, if we do the co-packer, and co-packer just means for anybody on this call is that we're not the ones fulfilling the bags anymore, that we have someone assisting us, right? And so it may not be that we have employees, but we've, again, identified someone that can do this. And so they will fill the bags and then ship them to us until we have the 3PL identified. And a 3PL is a third-party logistics that will help us ship our products. And I know you know all this, but if someone's just starting out, they don't know and they don't need it right away. But it's something that you should strive for if that's the path you want to go on. Right. Well, I like that you say you don't need it right away because I feel like it is like you've said the word overwhelming several times because it can be very overwhelming um, yes. and you don't have to do it all right away. It can. And we see it. It is overwhelming. And I probably said it for the 10th time it, because there's so many moving parts, no matter how many things you put in place to tackle those and put process steps in place and constantly uh, make sure that you're tweaking them, something always comes up, right? And so that you're trying to mitigate any risk. Knock on wood, we've been so uh, lucky and so fortunate so far that we've never had any recalls since being in business. And I say lucky because you don't know in transit, in anything, something could happen. And you see it all over the news when people are going to court because they said that they had one thing in their product and they didn't. So it's really key to constantly stay on your baker. So we used to, Tori, make all our products in-house. Um, our recipes are original and we used to do it out of our kitchen. Um, and I still do testing that way. But what we do today is we literally have someone make them for us. We take our original recipe and we say, okay, we need another batch. They make them in small batches for us. They ship the product to us. And then we do all the fulfillment here on site. But that's the step we're looking to get some help with. Mm -hmm. um, and it's exciting because we know that next step will carry us to the next, probably a national distributor. And that's the goal we're looking at next. Exciting. I like it. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I want to make sure that we have time to talk about um, the ingredients and the, and the recipes and stuff too, because that's what what makes Einstein Pets stand out, I think. Um, and I know that you'd mentioned chia seed. I know that's an important ingredient for you. Um, yeah, just tell us a little bit about the ingredients, why they matter to you, how, why you've chosen certain things, um, because I know you put a lot of thought into that. I did. I did. And we really, you know, there was a time that people weren't using egg in their treats, right? There was problems with eggs. So 
we really looked for a recipe that we could create that had health benefits. Um, Abby being a Westie, prone to allergies all the time. Um, so when we started creating the recipes, we wanted to keep the ingredients limited, right? And when we say limited, we didn't. I didn't want to limit the amount of those ingredients that went in because so many of our competitors do. They say limited ingredients, and then there's no smell. It smells like the bag that it's in. And it's, it doesn't give you that sense of, oh, wow, that smells like pumpkin pie or that smells like a sweet potato. And it was really important for us to put the expense in the ingredients. So we use chia seed and chia seeds has so many health benefits and it has so much with the omega and it's great for the eyes. It's great. You know, people go buy the tear stain um, stuff for the eyes, which works wonderfully. But we created it with chia seed because it helps with the tear stains. It helps create that gunk and it goes away. Yes, she, Abby can still get some, but the more that you have the omega in their system, it helps alleviate that. And chia is great for humans as well as dogs because it strips out any toxins in their system, right? It takes it out, any of the grass, the environment, um, and it helps them with their digestion. So that was two of the things of why we use chia. There's so many other things, the hair, the teeth. Um, But when we used the chia and made our recipes, it was then important to do limited ingredients and small batches. And small batches literally just helps us manage anything. Um, If there's an issue with the batch or that we don't smell the smell that we were expecting. And I say that over and over, the smell, because if you open a bag of our treats, you will smell what we say it is. But sweet potato, you smell the sweet potato and ginger and you'll smell the pumpkin with the apples. Um, and peanut butter and blueberries, you literally can smell it. And like I said, you can smell that in some of the competitors of ours. And I stutter over that because you realize some of them just limit the ingredients and they don't care that they do that because they can bring, bring the price down. We feel that we're trying to keep the price at a good price point and allow people to go, oh my God, that's a great product. So to go back to your question, the ingredients are so important. We chose them, each ingredient that goes in, not only for the smell, but for the benefits, right? We start talking about, we don't do garlic, but we do the ginger and we do the cinnamon and the cinnamon's great for the system. Um, the oat flour, you know, we used to get, well, it's oat flour. Why do you don't use oat flour? Well, we use oat flour because it's the best on the digestion system. It's great for the dog's di- digestive system. Um, and we stand by that. And we still get pushback on that about oat flour, but we do that for a reason. Yes, we do. <laughs> what, what What's the pushback on the oat flour? They expect you to use a, a garbanzo bean or something. And we're an own all natural treat. We are not organic. And the reason we're not organic is because then it starts increasing the price, right? And then you're not going to get the quality that we expect from a natural. And so we do the natural. And one great thing is we are human grade, but we our treats are not made in a human grade facility like you would your donuts or your your bread. But we are a human grade. So everything comes in. All the ingredients that come on come in are tested to verify that before they go into the treats, which is a great thing um, because there's you're limited on where you can start baking your treats. Right. And having a mm-hmm. baker do it. But that probably um, cuts down on the cost too of not producing it in a human grade facility, but having human grade correct. ingredients. Correct. Right. Correct. And I believe it is. I could be wrong on that, but I, I believe it is. Um, you know, you start going to a human grade facility, you're starting to increase the quantity that you have to do. Mm-hmm. So we try to keep it at a small batch. And we've been very good at that thus far and not increasing our prices. 
Um, but it's really important. And one of the notes on this of why we chose our ingredients, why they're human grade, it doesn't say human grade on the bag because we don't do it in a human grade facility. Um, but at the end of the day, we just got selected from, do you know truth about pet food? Yeah. Susan Thixton. Yeah. She just out of, uh, I'm going to say it's 80, but I think it's more than that. Manufacturer, she selected 34 to be on her first ever treat list for 2023. And she selected us. So I'm very, very, it was a tedious process. I mean, it was getting all the ingredients and making sure she understood where they were coming from, what was in them. Um, oh, they- she is ruthless and yes. thorough. So yes. if you are on her approved list, yes. you are good. It, it's, we were very, very excited and thrilled to be part of it, to say we're part of that. I mean, she is so thorough on that. Um, one of the things we did find is we are ingredients, even though they're human grade, humanly uh, raised, like if we do the luau time, which is the pork, we couldn't necessarily verify that, unfortunately, because every time you went down to another level, you you found that they did, but they didn't have the documentation. So yes, it may have been on a farm, but if they don't have documentation, she excludes that from being hu- humanly raised, but still to be called human grade and to be on her list is a huge honor. So I just wanted to make sure I shared that with your listeners because I think that's something to strive for. Stay, stick with your guns, right? Of why you do stuff. Even if people come back and say it doesn't fit my store or it doesn't fit what I want to buy, at the end of the day, you can only do what you do and what you believe in. If it doesn't sell, then that's another story. But you got to keep working at it. Yeah. Well, listening to to all of this, I mean, you're obviously so passionate and and there are so many great things about your treats that you can't necessarily print on the bag. So yeah. you do have to do this educational component. So um, I think that makes a big difference when I go into local pet stores and the people there clearly know a lot about some products and not a lot about other products. Yeah. Um, and, and the ones that they're more informed on, you're going to be more likely to buy because they're telling you about it. Or like you said, there's samples. So how, how do you, how do you kind of get that information out there and make sure that the independent stores actually like read it and and tell people about it? So through trade shows, right. But not everybody can go to trade shows. They're expensive. It's on our website. And then it's also through the distributors is educating their sales reps. And You know, a lot of sales reps will say that it's a no brainer, right? It's right on the bag. You're telling me exactly what's in it. I mean, it's a no brainer to sell it to the stores. But when you're competing, and I hate to say that word, but you are against other treat companies, there's there's so many. And a lot of stores will want those treat companies that they see in Target, they see in PetSmart. And it kind of, you kind of go, well, that's not why I'm in your independent store, but they want it because they need to have that sell through. And they want to make sure yours does as well. You can have the cute packaging or the proper packaging, but to really make sure that they have the information they need is educating for us is educating our distributors and their sales reps and constantly educating when we go to trade shows. That's what we do. But I would say for someone who's starting out, it's when you're face to face with that customer, educate them why you have such a passion. Tell them why you're doing what you're doing and, and what makes your treat different because at the end of the day, treats can be the same, but ours is different because we use chia seed, limited green, small batch, made in USA. Yes, that can be the same for everybody. And now we're on Susan Thixton's list, which is a great thing. 
but ours is different because you can smell the difference. You literally can open a bag and it's, you know, let's say it's in a plastic bag, right? At the end of the day, if you're putting them in one of those plastic printed pouches, you're, you want to smell the treats. You don't want to smell the bag. And there's so many treats I open up, you smell that plastic and it's horrible. Or it doesn't smell like anything. Yeah. And then you're like, I can't eat that. And yes, some people shouldn't have to eat dog treats, but I can tell you, you can eat our treats. Literally, it's everything that you can find in your pantry that you can make for your dog. So I would say, yes, I eat my treats, but with the chia seed, you also have to be a little careful of how many treats you eat. It's great for keeping your, you know, blood pressure going great, but it's also great for that, hate to say it, the poop. Um, <laughs> it makes it for a healthier poop. <laughs> well, we, we are, as dog moms, that's always very important, very high on our list of priorities. <laughs> it is, it is, because no one wants to pick up anybody else's poop, dog poop, nor any smushy poop. <laughs> no, I know. So that, that is important. Um. Great. Well, this has been such an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for sharing so transparently and honestly about growing the business. And um, I think that a lot of people will love hearing about your success story and um, I'm excited to share it. So where can people go to um, learn more about Einstein Pets and figure out where they can buy some treats? Well, thank you for asking. Well, you can find us on Einstein and that's E-I-N-S-T-E-I-N pets.com. Um, and we have all information on there. We have all our treats listed. You can find us at a retail store as well as through any of our distributors. If you're looking from a retailer perspective. One question I forgot to ask you that I wanted to was why did you name it Einstein pets? Because your dog is named Abby and most people kind of gravitate towards naming things after their dog. So where'd you pick the name Einstein? Well, Abby, you know, I know everybody says this about their their pet, right? But we feel like she is such an extension of our family. She literally told us that she had to go out and go pee when we got her. We literally did not train her. She, I know people go, oh yeah, okay. But she just told us she had to go out. She tells us what she needs to do. Um, she, she just, we find her to be very smart. And when we started looking at company names and realized how smart she was from her, from a Westie perspective, um, we realized she was a baby Einstein, right? Or a puppy Einstein. And that's where our name came from. We thought it was a little nod to Abby being so smart. So it (laughs) is named after her after all. It is, it is. And everybody gets confused when they say Abby, but it is after her. It's Einstein Pets and it's because of her little um, intelligence that we think she has. She definitely does. I'm sure she's a puppy Einstein. (laughs) Puppy Einstein. That's it. Not baby, puppy. (laughs) Well, Kelly, this has been so fun talking to you. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Tori. Appreciate it. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode. Send me a note on Instagram at wherewagrepeat or find even more women petpreneurs to connect with in our private Facebook group called Where Wag Repeat Labs. If you want to dig into more episodes, resources to grow your business, or find a link to something we discussed, it is all right there for you at wherewagrepeat.com. I'll see you back here next Wednesday for a fresh conversation.